You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Psalm chapter 9, verse number 1 through 11. Let's read it together. Ready? Begin. I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will show forth all thy marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in thee. I will sing praise to thy name, O thou most high. When mine enemies are turned back, they shall fall and perish at thy presence. For thou hast maintained my right and my cause. Thou saddest in the throne judging right. Thou hast rebuked the heathen. Thou hast destroyed the wicked. Thou hast put out their name forever and ever. O thou enemy, destructions are come to a perpetual end. And thou hast destroyed cities. Their memorial is perished with them. But the Lord shall endure forever. He hath prepared his throne for judgment, and he shall judge the world in righteousness. He shall minister judgment to the people in uprightness. The Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. For thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. Sing praises to the Lord which dwelleth in Zion. Declare among the people his doings. In verse 17, the Bible says, The wicked shall be turned into hell, and all the nations that forget God. And let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you that it never changes. We thank you that your word has the answers for uh, our lives, for our homes. Your word has the answers for our church. Your word has the answers for the United States of America. Uh, no matter who the president is, no matter who's in Congress or who's in Senate, uh, no matter who is in the state capitol, no matter who is in the uh, county commission or who is on the city hall, uh, we know that the word of God has the answer for us today. And Lord, I pray for your hand of blessing to be upon our country, uh, but we also pray for your mercy uh, to be poured out upon this land, a land that has uh, seemingly turned their back on you, a land that has forsaken God, a land that has flaunted uh, their sin and wickedness. And God, I pray that uh, we would be burdened like never before for our country, not only for our sakes, but for the sakes of our children and the generations to come. God, I pray you'd speak to us today. I thank you for uh, the faithfulness of your people in this service and the early service. I thank you for those who are listening uh, on our uh, website, those who are listening on Facebook and listening on the radio. I thank you for those on 95.9 FM. I thank you for those who will hear this sermon on 102.3 next Sunday. And I pray that you would speak to hearts. And if there's anyone under the sound of my voice that does not know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, I pray that today would be the day of their salvation before it is too late. We pray and ask these things in Jesus' name and for His sake. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. We see in the book of Psalms, Psalm 9 and verse number 17, we see the uh, very severe warning that is issued. 
This is not the word of a pastor. This is not the word of a, a preacher. This is not the word of uh, a, a politician. This is not the word of a statesman. But this is the word of God. It says that the wicked shall be turned into hell. I want to remind you that it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of an angry God. I want to remind you that, yes, God loves the sinner, but God hates the sin. And God, because of his love, he has sent his son Jesus to die on a cross to pay the price for our sin. But God, because of his holiness, he must and he will judge sin. You may think, and I may think, that people in this world are getting away with sin. Yes, at times it seems like the wicked prosper. It seems like the, the, the people of this world are just sailing on with not a care and not a concern. But I want to remind you that judgment is coming for a world that has turned their back on God. The Bible says the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations... That's talking about China. That's talking about Russia. That's talking about the United States of America. All the nations that forget God. I want to draw your attention, and we're, we'll get to verse number 17, but I must begin with verse number 1. The title this morning of this message is simply this, Don't Let the Wicked Stop Your Worship. You see, David focuses on the judgment of God. He focuses on the, the wickedness and the heathen and the ungodly. But David starts this psalm, verse 1, and I love how he starts it. He says in verse 1, I will, what's the next word? I will praise thee, O Lord. With my whole heart I will show forth all thy marvelous works. You see, David said, yes, there are people in this world that are wicked. There are people that hate God. There are people that are heathen. But David said, I'm not going to let them stop my worship. And I want to remind you this morning, Victory Baptist Church, don't let the wicked people of this world stop you from worshiping God. Uh, don't let the news rob you of your worship. Uh, don't let current events stop you from worshiping God. Can I tell you, the heathen of this world, they will rage, they will shake their fist, they will flaunt their sin, but that does not change the fact that we have a responsibility to worship God. Would you notice with me in verse number two? I will be glad, David says, and rejoice in thee. Don't let the world stop your worship. And don't let the world rob you of your joy. Say, oh, pastor, I'm just so depressed. Have you seen what's going on with the economy? Have you seen what's going on in the Middle East? Have you seen what's going on in D.C.? Oh, yeah, I've seen it. And by the way, I'm not saying it's not a big deal. I'm not saying you shouldn't be concerned. But here's what I'm saying. You can't let that rob you of your joy. 
You can't let the news station rob you of the fact that you are a child of God. You've got a home in heaven. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. If you are saved, you and I have reason to rejoice in the Lord. Don't let the world, don't let the wicked stop you from worship. Don't let the wicked rob you of your joy. Notice verse number seven. Excuse me, verse number two. He says, I will sing praise to thee. I will sing praise to thy name, O thou most high. Don't let the wicked steal your song. Can I tell you, when you come into church, and I know this morning was a little bit different. We sang patriotic songs this morning. But when we come into church, uh, you can sing victory in Jesus no matter what's going on outside the walls of these church. You can sing victory in Jesus no matter what's going on at the job or what's going on in the community. You can sing victory in Jesus and you can mean it and you can have a song because you and I have been saved and we have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. Don't let the wicked stop your worship. Don't let them steal your joy. Don't let them stop your song. Notice verse number seven. It says, but the Lord shall endure forever. He hath prepared his throne for judgment. I want to remind you, we can worship God because he is worthy of our worship. I've, I've not watched uh, a, a, an NBA basketball game in a long time. I don't plan to watch it. Uh, when, when NBA stars make millions upon millions and millions of dollars in this country, and all they want to do is talk about how bad this country is, and all they want to do is disrespect our soldiers and our flag and disrespect our law enforcement. I don't have time for that kind of nonsense, let me tell you. So I've not been watching the games, but I've seen on the news, I've, I've seen some, uh, some, uh, some, some clippings of different athletes who, by the way, they're worth millions and millions of dollars. And they've won championships and they've won MVPs, but you know what's happened recently? There's been some athletes that have gotten injured. And guess what? If you've got a bad ankle or you've got a bad knee or you've got your elbow messed up or you've got your shoulder dislocated, you don't do very well on the basketball court. You don't win many games. You don't win many championships that way. And can I tell you why? Because those athletes, they're human. Their, their fame only lasts for a little while. Their accomplishments are only temporary. And I'm not asking you to applaud a, an athlete, or I'm not asking you to applaud uh, uh, some, some uh, uh, a person who's uh, put up as a hero. I'm telling you, the only one that's worthy of our worship is God Almighty. He is everlasting. He's, uh, he will endure forever and ever and ever. When uh, people have come and gone, and uh, when uh, the, the uh, the, the fame is gone and the, 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 the fortune is gone of this world, the Lord shall endure forever. He's worthy of our worship. Would you notice verse number nine? Why do we worship him? It says in verse nine, the Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. Anybody in here ever had times of trouble? You know what that's all about? I think we all do, don't we? You know why we worship the Lord? Because he's been there for us. 
He's been there time and again and again and again. When we were oppressed, when we had no hope, when it seemed like there was nothing we could do, guess who we went to? We went to God. And guess what he did? He showed up every time. He is worthy of our worship. He is worthy of our praise. He is worthy of our song. Verse number 10, the Bible says, And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee, for thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. I'm so glad to tell you that God will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. You can trust him. You can depend upon him. People will let you down. People will fail you. I will disappoint you. All of us at some point or another, we will let you down. But Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he will never let you down. You can trust him. He is worthy of your worship. Verse number 13, David says, Lord, have mercy upon me and consider my trouble. I'm glad that God is a merciful God. I'm glad that God considers our trouble. You know what that means? He knows what we're going through. He cares about us and he can do something about it. Aren't you glad for a God that we can worship and a God that we should praise? He is worthy of our worship. But then verse number 14, David says, I may show forth all thy praise in the gates of the daughter of Zion. And then he says in verse 14, I will rejoice in thy, what's that last word? Salvation. Can I tell you why we ought to worship God? Because he saved us. Because he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross so we could have eternal life. You know why we ought to worship him today? Because we're going to heaven. Because we have eternal life. Because the Bible says in verse 17, the wicked shall be turned into hell. But if you've been saved, you're not going to hell. You're not going to spend one second in the flames of eternity uh, in a lake of fire. If you have been saved, you've got reason to worship and reason to rejoice. And I, I had to say this first because I don't want you to miss the message. I don't want you to miss the point of this psalm. David says, yes, the wicked, the wicked are having their day. And the wicked, yes, uh, it seems like they are prevailing. But David said, they're not going to stop me from praising God. They're not going to stop me from worshiping God. Number one, the worship. Don't let the wicked stop your worship. Number two, I want you to see not only the worship, but I want you to see the wicked. David talks about the wicked here in verse 3. He calls them his enemies. Verse 5, he calls them the heathen and the wicked. Verse 6, he says, O thou enemy. Verse number 13, he says, them that hate me. Verse 15, he says, the heathen. Verse 16, the wicked. Verse 17, the wicked. Verse 19, the heathen. He talks about the wicked. Well, well who, who is wicked and who are we talking about here? A wicked person is not just somebody who does something that you don't like. I think sometimes we, we like to justify our own sin and we like to point out the sins of others. But let me tell you who's wicked. The de uh, definition of wicked is someone who is morally wrong. Someone who is ungodly. Someone who is hostile towards God or someone who is guilty of sin against God. Now, I want to remind you, we are all wicked. 
We are all sinners. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So we're not saying that we're better than anybody else because except for the grace of God, that's all we are is a bunch of low-down rotten sinners. The only thing that makes a difference is God's grace and God's mercy. But here David is talking about people who continue in that wicked lifestyle, the people that have rejected God and the people that have chosen to live as enemies of God. It's interesting to me in these verses, for instance, verse number five, David says, thou hast rebuked the heathen. Thou hast destroyed the wicked. Thou hast put out their name forever and ever. And David goes on to talk about how God is the one that judges and God is the one that settles the score. And here's what I want to remind you. I believe we ought to identify wickedness. Don't, and I'll do that in a minute. So please don't think I'm trying to sugarcoat everything. I think we ought to identify wickedness. I think we ought to stand against wickedness. I think we ought to speak out against wickedness. But can I tell you this? At the end of the day, it's not up to us to take care of the wicked. It's up to God. And he does a far better job of taking care of things than we do. We usually mess things up. We usually make things worse. But God is the righteous judge and God will take care of the wicked. Let God worry about the wicked and don't let the wicked stop your worship. God hates wickedness. You don't have to turn there, but in Proverbs 6, the Bible says, These six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination. Can I tell you what's at the top of that list? A proud look. And sometimes we look at the sins of the world, the people outside the church, and we say, oh, those bunch of sinners, man, I'm glad I don't do stuff like they do. Well, I hope you don't. But can I tell you what else God hates? God hates our pride. God hates those even as Christians who think we're better than somebody else. Friend, I got news for you. Except for the grace of God, you and I would already be in that place called hell. Were it not for the mercy of God, we would have no hope and we would be condemned to eternity in a lake of fire. May God help us from our wickedness, our pride. Many times it's our tongue. Lying lips are an abomination unto the Lord. Many times it's a critical tongue. Many times it's gossip. Uh, many times it is bearing false witness. Well, did you hear about so-and-so? And we try to destroy somebody else to make ourselves look good. I got news for you. God hates it. Even if you disguise it as a prayer request, God hates it when you talk about somebody else. Well, did you hear about so-and-so? Oh, I'm so concerned for so-and-so. We need to really pray for them. And then you proceed to tell all the gossip that you've heard. Can I tell you, God hates that. I know it gets quiet here when we talk about gossip and we talk about pride, but it's still in the Bible that God hates it. And God's people need to get a revival of, of getting back to humility and getting back to using our mouth not to tear people down, but using our mouth to help and encourage one another. Turn with me, if you would, to Genesis chapter 6. The Bible uses the word wicked or wickedness for the first time in Genesis 6 in the days of Noah. And the Bible says in verse number five of Genesis six, and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Now, these are the days of Noah. And the Bible says it was so wicked that God said, I'm going to destroy everybody. I'm going to wipe them all out. But then in verse number eight, we find there was somebody 
that found grace in the eyes of the Lord. You know why? Because Noah did not let the wicked stop his worship. He said, hey, everybody else might be doing it. Everybody else might be going along with it. But as for me, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to stay true to God. I'm going to keep my eyes on God. I'm going to worship Him. And I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do, even if I'm the only one. We see that there was wickedness in Noah's day, and God destroyed the earth with a flood. I want you to turn with me to Genesis 13. We see the next mention in the Bible of wickedness. And here we see there is a city by the name of Sodom. Genesis 13 and verse 13, the Bible says, But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. I think we all know, if you've been in church for any length of time, I think you know what the city of Sodom was known for. The city of Sodom was known for homosexuality. It was so prevalent, uh, it, was, it was so common that Lot, when those angels came to warn him, Lot had to literally try to protect those two men from being taken and from uh, being abused by the sodomites of that city, by the homosexuals there. It was so awful. And God said, I'm going to destroy it. And by the way, God did destroy it. God destroyed the city with fire and brimstone. You say, how come? Because God always judges sin. You say, well, what does Sodom have to do with us? I'm glad you asked. We just came through the month of June. And the United States of America, it seemed like everywhere you turned, every business you went into, uh, every advertisement you saw, every email that you got, uh, every uh, uh, correspondence that you got in the mail, it seemed like everybody and their mother's brother was talking about how that June is Pride Month. And by the way, we're not in June anymore. Thank the Lord, it's July the 4th. But can I tell you, in the month of June, it was everywhere. You know what they celebrate Pride Month for? For a wicked, perverted, anti-God lifestyle, the homosexual LGBTQ lifestyle. Now, here's the amazing thing. We are so bombarded with it that many people today don't think it's a big deal anymore. You know why? Because you're not letting the Bible teach you. You're letting the news teach you. You're letting the mainstream media tell you that it's okay and it's normal. And if that's the way they want to live, then you shouldn't say anything about it. Well, friend, I got news for you. God hates that lifestyle. It is a sin and it is an abomination in the sight of God. Doesn't matter how many sports stars. Doesn't matter how many Hollywood stars. Doesn't matter how much you see it on TV. Doesn't matter how many movies it's on. Doesn't matter uh, how many uh, people come out and say, hey, this is good and I'm doing it. It doesn't matter if the whole world does it. If God says it is an abomination, it's still an abomination. You see, we are not only seeing it, but we are seeing that that lifestyle now in the United States of America is being praised and it is being applauded. And if you dare speak against it, you will be canceled. 
You will be destroyed. Your business will be boycotted. Uh, you'll receive uh, uh, threatening messages. You'll receive emails. You'll receive this. You'll have people picketing. You'll have all of that because, hang on, hang on, because you are so intolerant. Now let that sink in for a minute. But can I tell you, God loves those people as much as he loves you and as much as he loves me. And he died for those people as much as he died for you and he died for me. We're not any better than that crowd were it not for the grace of God. But friend, I want to tell you, as much as God loves those people, God hates that sin. And God calls it in Genesis 13, he calls it wickedness and it is sin before the Lord. God hated it so much that God destroyed the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah with fire and brimstone. As a nation, I believe the United States of America, I believe we will be judged because of the sin of homosexuality that is promoted and that is praised from our highest ranking officials. I believe the nation of, uh, of, of, of the United States of America, I believe we will be judged for the homosexual lifestyle. I believe we will be judged for the abortions that have been performed in this country. 63 million abortions since 1973. I believe we will be judged for the immorality that is prevalent in this nation. I'm talking about adultery. I'm talking about fornication. I'm talking about pornography. I'm talking about any kind of immoral sins in this nation that it's no longer secret. It's no longer hidden. It's no longer that people are embarrassed or people are ashamed when it comes out. I'm talking about people that live that way and they think it's the greatest thing since peanut butter. I got news for you. God hates that sin and God will judge it. I believe this nation will be judged because of the sin of alcohol. And I understand, and by the way, uh, I love you. You may not agree with me. That's okay. You won't be the first one. You say, Pastor, I don't agree with you. I'm leaving the church. You won't be the first one. But can I tell you, we ain't changing the message because you don't like it. We're not changing the message just because it's not popular. We're going to preach what thus saith the Lord. And my Bible still says, wine is a mocker and strong drink is raging and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. Can I tell you, God's word is very clear. And by the way, even if God's word wasn't clear, when you saw the people that were killed because of drunk driving, and you saw the homes that were destroyed, and you saw the crimes that were committed because somebody going out and drinking, you ought to be jumping on that bandwagon so fast and saying, hey, even if the Bible wasn't clear, I'm against something that destroys so many lives. Can I tell you, I believe this nation will be judged because of the alcohol consumption and because not only the alcohol but again it's promoted it is praised it is glorified uh, you're actually you're strange if you don't have a drink i mean you're the oddball if you don't like to drink with your buddies but can i tell you doesn't matter what your buddies think doesn't matter what the world thinks what matters what is what does god say i believe this nation will be judged for that sin the alcohol, the drugs that are destroying lives, the drugs that are destroying families. And by the way, the, the talk right now in many states, in, in our United States of America, the talk now is, hey, let's just make it easy. Let's just legalize all these drugs. 
let's just make it easier let's just make it easier for people to overdose let's just make it easier for people to destroy their lives let's just make it easier for people to hurt hurt one another can i tell you we as a nation we are wicked and may god have mercy upon this land david says there are wicked people David said, those wicked people, I know God's going to judge them. I know God's going to take care of them. And he said, and I'm not going to join them. I'm going to keep worshiping God. I'm going to keep serving God. But number three, we see not only the worship and the wicked, but number three, we see the wages. I don't have time to read all these verses, but we see that God will judge. God will rebuke the heathen. God will destroy the wicked. God will minister judgment. Uh, judgment, verse 16, will be executed. Verse 19, uh, arise, O Lord, let not man prevail. Let the heathen be judged in thy sight. And I tell you, there is a payment for sin. There is judgment for sin. The wages of sin is death. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. God always judges sin because of his holiness. And lastly, I want to draw your attention one more time to verse 17. I see the warning. The warning in verse 17, it says, The wicked shall be turned into hell. And we've talked about uh, the, 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 the wickedness of pride. And we've talked about the wickedness of, of gossip and the wickedness of criticism and the, the wickedness of anger and the wickedness of bitterness and the wickedness of immorality and the wickedness of those things. But... Notice what it says in verse 17. The wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that... Would you read those last two words in verse 17? Forget God. Read, read those with me one more time. Forget God. Wait a second. That doesn't sound that bad. That doesn't sound that serious. I mean, that doesn't sound like, like heathen and wicked. And that doesn't sound like some of the things that we say, oh, that's terrible. How could somebody, oh, hang on. You know what the warning is? God says there's judgment coming for all the nations that forget God. We talked about Sodom and Gomorrah. You know who was in Sodom? A man by the name of Lot. Did you know that Lot was a saved man? The Bible says in the New Testament that, that God spared just, J-U-S-T, as in justified, he was saved. God spared Lot from the city, although he vexed his righteous soul with the filthy communications of the world. Lot was in Sodom. The angels came to warn him, and Lot told his sons-in-law, he says, guys, listen, we got to get out of here because judgment's coming. And you know what his sons-in-law did? They laughed at him. They said, what are you talking about? God, you've not talked about God before. You've not been concerned about God before. And now you want to tell us about God? Lot got in Sodom and Lot forgot God. And Lot forgot the, the things of God. And Lot found himself in a situation where he got so wrapped up with the world that he forgot about God. Now I'm thankful God spared Lot. And I'm thankful that God shows mercy on us. And I'm thankful that if we've been saved and we've been born again, I'm thankful that we still have a home in heaven. Our name is still recorded in the book of life. But I want to tell you, there's judgment that comes when a people forget God. Forgetting doesn't seem like a big deal, but forgetting can be life and death. Our nation has become so consumed with pleasure, 
Our nation is so consumed with fun and sports and hobbies and events that I'm afraid we're forgetting God. You see, I'm not just talking about our nation as a whole now, and I'm not just talking about our church collectively, but I'm talking about individuals here this morning. I wonder if we were to do a check and we were to take inventory on our schedules and our priorities, I wonder if we would discover that we have forgotten God. He used to be first place, but not anymore. He used to be the most important thing on our schedule, and he used to be the most important person in our lives, but not anymore. And I tell you, there's a warning that David gave. He said, the wicked will be turned into hell, but he said also, all the nations that forget God. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.